One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome back to Ausbiz Live from our Brangaroo Studios. Great to have your company for the next hour or so. You've tuned into what we call the call. Ten stocks picked by you. I uh, put them to our expert panel for their adjudication. We do it all in one hour. And today, one of the funniest, most informative of the panels, two blokes we love hanging out with, Andrew Wyland, our favourite Queenslander from DP Wealth Advisory in Toowoomba. Andrew, how are you, sir? Koshi, um, really good to be here with Henry. But of course, hats off to you. Huge announcement for you this week. Oh, thank Gonna you. Going to miss you. But hey, we're still stuck with you here. So yes, exactly right. I keep saying to people, I'm not dead. I'm sort of focusing. <laughs> I'm focusing on the things I love, the family businesses like Ozpiz. You know, I've been a finance nerd all my life. I love it. Henry Jennings from Markets Today. Good to see you, mate. Good to see you, Koshi. So I went from all of these... Um, sort of FM radio interviews uh, <laughs> yesterday, which is wild in itself, about 30 interviews, to then interviewing Helen Lofthouse from the oh. boss of the ASX oh. at the Stockbrokers Conference. Oh, well, there and you I go. felt way more comfortable <laughs> interviewing <laughs> Helen than being on yep. Triple M's around Australia. So, yep, um, yep I love it. Yep. All right, let's get, uh, get into a fair bit happening. Uh, at the moment, one of the, uh, I thought our stock of the day, uh, or this half hour, we're going to look at APA Group, Domino's, Brambles, Platinum, and specifically for the ETF Whisperer, BetaShares Global Sustainability Leaders. Stock of the day, I thought I'd take a look at Paladin. Um, on its uh, Namibia response that came out. Worst performer on the ASX 200 index is uh, Paladin, tumbled 20% before being placed in a trading hold. Traders worried over rumours Namibia may look to nationalise some mining assets. And of course, Paladin has its uranium mines over there. Thought we'd take a look at it on a number of levels, not only what it means for Paladin if you're a Paladin shareholder, but this this risk, uh, national risk of, we have many West African resources, a lot of different stocks with um, uh, with assets overseas and in Africa. Henry, is this a warning bell? Uh, no. Right. I think this is uh, no more of a warning bell uh, than other moves from for sovereign risk. We know yep. that it's risky overseas. We know that in Africa, uh, there are issues. Tanzania recently has mandated that they get a percentage of, of the, the project. Yep. Let's face it, you look here, the Petroleum Rent Resource Tax. Yep. They changed the goalposts. And Queensland putting and I was on getting to that. Queensland, and they just had their tax. budget out, and the budget is in great shape because of coal royalties. Right. So everywhere has got risk. Every mining project's got risk because yep. you can't pick it up and take it somewhere. You are hostage to it. Yeah. Um, we saw that risk. I guess the the best example of that was Kingsgate, when the Thai uh, government basically yeah. confiscated the mine. Yep. And after six or seven years of legals, 
uh, they got it back and they're now producing gold again right. for, for Kingsgate shareholders. The Paladin one is an odd one, I have to say. Uh, this could be a really good opportunity to pick up Paladin. The, uh, the government there has recently reiterated and talked about you know, the status quo being the status quo. However, there are a number of big gas offshore projects that are coming up and it does appear, certainly from the research that I've read, that that is the target of the government's push ah. to get minority stakes. It would be very hard. They'd have to change the constitution to look back retrospectively to Paladin, mm. the Lager Heinrich mine, but they could do it for maybe these big gas right. discoveries. And they have been specifically mentioned. So do you, you'd use uh, the pullback to buy Paladin? Yeah, I mean, clearly it's not out of the woods and there yeah. needs to be some clarification. And we've seen this and it takes, takes time um, you know, but um, the problem is they can't pick it up and take it somewhere else. Yeah. But at 52, 53 cents, it does look as if it's got potential upside. If, if the Namibian government comes out and says, you know what, going forward, we're looking to do that, which is not unheard of. South yeah. Africa does it with the Black Empowerment um, piece, the BEE. Uh, they have shares of the mines. We're seeing it in Chile. Yeah. Um, that's sort of starting to move as well. And as you say, sovereign risk is everywhere. Yep. Especially okay. with especially with miners. So don't be, be spooked. If you're in a still holder, well, I, and yeah. if you're not in a this is an opportunity, but it does highlight as well the attractions of something like Boss Energy, which is in yeah. South Australia with yeah. their honeymoon project coming on stream this year. So, so, you know, so do you prefer Boss to Paladin? We've got Boss in the investment committee yeah. uh, fantasy portfolio. portfolio. Uh, I I I think Paladin this is an opportunity. Boss has right. run really hard. Um, so certainly, I think, look at Paladin oh, at the moment. Better. Okay. Andrew, what's your, what's your views on it? Is it part of your filter, this sovereign risk filter? Oh, it's always something that you need to be considering, Koshi, but I think Henry, as always, has absolutely nailed it. People, when they come and invest here in Australia, they face sovereign risk as well, and that Queensland coal uh uh, example is a classic one where um, the the rules have changed significantly. Um, so you know it's sort of a bit of a pot kettle black, if I can put it that way. Yeah. Um, so yeah. there's always sovereign risk wherever you're investing. Uh, again, without trying to go all whisperer on you, uh, this sort of shows one of the issues around concentration risk, whereby you just got a particular name, whereas if you had a whole basket of them, but you quite like the thematic, you know, another way to play it is just buy a uranium ETF rather than just sort of picking a name as such. But I was just, if we're talking specifically around um, Paladin or Paladin, uh, it's another FMG moment, isn't it? Um, <laughs> consensus is around nine. 99 cents. Oh. Now, I'm not sure whether that's washed through the, the news from the, the Namibia has washed through, but certainly given that drop yesterday, I think for people who are brave of heart, uh, it might be an opportunity for you because that uranium story is not going away. Um, so, look, I, I'd say it's a buy, Koshi. Okay, spec buy for you. Uh, what's a, what's an ETF in the uranium one? Uh, remind me, it's got yeah, a... It's, 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 it's got a... I'm pretty sure it's you... It's got a quirky name, Sorry. is it? That is very appropriate, like I many of them. I think but if you give me about 10 seconds, I will okay. find that out. All right. All right. We'll uh, go on to our uh, first stock of the day. And uh, Cass wants a view, Henry, on APA Group, which is the um, the big infrastructure. It's, it's like a toll road for gas. And instead <laughs> yeah. of roads, it owns big pipes and all the gas producers chuck their product down there and it sort of has an e-tag imaginary e-tag that clicks away and they take their bit. They do. Um, this is a hold. It has been subject to 
some corporate interest in the past, mm. but it is, it is a strategic asset. Let's face it, these gas pipelines around Australia are a strategic asset. There's a lot of politics in this. The company has been looking at doing some acquisitions, doing some deals, nothing to show for it as yet. Uh, they've got a pretty strong balance sheet. The yield's okay, although it's not 100% franked. Franking is uh, a little bit uh, lower, around yeah. sort of 18 to sort of 30% frank, depending on the year going forward so it's yeah it's it's just not very exciting infrastructure is nice and solid and defensive the stock price has been going pretty much sideways for a little yeah. while i suspect that will continue but you know if we see eruptions in the market like we're doing today with the cpi number that's that came out which is a little worse than expected um you know this is maybe a good place to hide but you know what right. cash is still a good place to hide as well yeah if, if you really want to hide you're getting good returns on cash now this is yielding sort of 5.2 5.3 percent yeah um but as i say not fully frank so right. it's probably a hold nice and defensive but you know unless they do a really big deal yeah. um maybe not that exciting and it's okay. a lot of politics wrapped up in gas all right uh yes definitely uh andrew uh, first of all, what's, uh, you, the, what's the uranium ETF? Yeah, I, I, I was spot on. URMM for those playing at home from beta shares. Right. About 28 million funds under management, down about 10% since listing, but it's only relatively new. Right. It does have uh, PDN in there. It's about 4%. It also has BOSS in there as well. Oh, okay. So, uh, and I, I quite like uranium as a energy uh, story, so that might be one to think about. However, to the question at hand, APA, um, I quite like APA, but I also share my learned friend's concerns and it's not super exciting. Uh, I like the fact that 90% of the revenue is unregulated. So if we sort of turn our mind to things like transurban, et cetera, oh, yeah. where it's all CPI oh, linked, yeah. which is great, but it's highly regulated, whereas 90% of the revenue from APA is unregulated. So that does give them some opportunity to maybe negotiate a better deal. Highly leveraged, though, to what's going on relating to bond pricing. And, of course, we get these inflation numbers that keep coming at us. Inflation is stubbornly high. Therefore, interest rates will remain stubbornly high. Therefore, bond yields will remain stubbornly high. So probably not good from that point of view. On balance, Koshi, it's... A hold. Okay. All right. A hold okay. on APA. Um, all right, uh, Andrew. Uh, next talk up for a look. Um, tested the uh, the APA there. Uh, Anthony wants a view on Domino's, the uh, the big pizza chain that's been absolutely hammered because of food inflation and inflation in general. Uh, put out an earnings report that disappointed the market, but inflation figures that have come out recently are showing food coming down, and it's the services inflation that's keeping the number up. So, uh, if we go into slower economic times, do you think people will? go for pizzas for a night out rather than <laughs> go to the Italian restaurant. Like, I, I know that TV adds, what, four or five kilos to someone, Koshy, you know, so <laughs> I'm potentially looking a little bit more weight enhanced than I am. I am, though, averaging about a kilo a month at the moment, not due to uh, not due to Domino's. But uh, all self-effacing humour aside, 
I uh, I don't mind dominoes, and what I mean by that is that when we've looked at it previously, Koshi, the PE has been like 38, 40 times. It's certainly yep. been in nosebleed yep. territory. We're now sort of back at around 24 times earnings uh, forecast, and that PE, uh, sorry, that earnings per share forecast growth of around 22%. So again, Andrew's famous peg, where I'm trying to buy companies whose earnings per share growth is greater than the um, PE ratio, uh, we're now back at 24 PE, 22 EPS growth. So we're almost there, Koshi. We're almost there. Mm. Consensus is 58 mm. bucks versus 48. So that's probably another win. Uh, however, and sorry, and the other thing I like, Jack Cowan, as we've mentioned previously, owns about 25%, one, $1.5 billion of this. Of course, he's the guy that brought uh, Hungry Jacks to Australia. So lots to like from that point of view. And to your point, people like their comfort food. However, it's still probably a touch too expensive. Oh. So uh, I'd like to see it come off a bit more. So on balance, it's a hold, but we're nearly there, Koshi. Okay, so how, how, how far off? <laughs> what are you waiting, waiting for? What are you waiting for it to get to? I'm waiting for the market to come off, Koshi, because, oh, right. I mean, you think about everything that's being thrown at us and what are we, within 4% of record highs? I mean, yeah. come on. Uh, selling May and go away is certainly not playing out so far. No. The other thing Henry and I spoke about on our podcast last week. Ooh. Is, to the at, audio podcast. Look at you. You trendy <laughs> tech heads. <laughs> Uh, I'm waiting for the picture of Henry to come in. Uh, the other thing. Hey, uh, what's it called? Is a, well, Henry, what's your podcast called? It's called On the Couch, Koshi. On, on the Couch? It's an informal chat with CEOs and fund managers. And oh. if I can't find anybody else that week, I'll phone up Andrew and see if he wants to come oh, on and have a so chat. So, uh, what day is it out? Come uh, it comes week? out, uh, usually I do two a month. Okay, so, On the Couch. All on right, the couch. I'll have to. Put that on my uh, on my watch list. Yeah, uh, and and here and here I am thinking that you wanted to chat to me, and I now find out that I'm just sort of you know the reserve orange. Yeah. No, you're, you're the you're the fill in, mate. You're, <laughs> if I can't not, find I if I can't find anyone else, I'm sorry. Not to be confused with Fox Footies on the couch. So uh, it was much okay, more informative. That's, that's fine. But anyway, back to the. So what do you want it down to? One of the things that. Yes, one of the things that Henry and I were talking about was, are there opportunities with companies that have just been absolutely flogged over the last 12 months coming into June and people doing tax loss selling? Not that we're condoning that, but, you know, it's a function of the market. Mm -hmm. Are there opportunities to buy companies that have copped a bit of a touch-up and potentially dominoes coming into the last couple of weeks of June, market yep. downturn, they go to sort of mid to low 40s. Might okay. be worth a look. So that's a, what else is on your list for after tax loss selling? I'm checking my list at the moment, oh. so I'll come uh, back to you on that. What, what, what did, do you lie down on the couch? Is it like a therapy session? It's a virtual lie down, possibly, <laughs> uh, depending on the guest. And I've had some, I've had some great guests on over right. the years. 
Um, Andrew being one of them, no, right. no, no joking aside. Um, he's very good, and we talked about end of financial year stuff, yeah. putting on his end of financial year hat. And he's right, you know, we do get this period in June where last June it got absolutely oh, walloped. It was scary. It was scary. And there's also the theory of the dogs of the Dow, yeah. which is those underperformers for the year suddenly get a new le- lease of yes. life the following year. Um, so that is certainly something to bear in mind. But last year was was horrible. Yep. Um, I'm not quite expecting the same horror show this year, yep. but you never know. Yep. Um, May has been a sell in May and go away, not just because the index has gone down, because it has, but not a lot just through sheer boredom. Yes. You know, unless you had something with AI in it, Yep. Um, maybe this goes to dominoes, uh, then it hasn't been a particularly exciting month for you. Mm. Volumes are off, interest is off. Um, back to dominoes, they are in the business of selling stores. Mm. They're not necessarily in the business of selling pizza. Right. A bit like McDonald's is in the business of property management yeah. as opposed to selling and hamburgers. That's up to the yeah. franchisee to sell the hamburgers. Um, these guys, actually, we should have come in today. Andrew and I should have had, I should have had the New South Wales jersey on mm. and Andrew should have had Queensland on because it is state well, of origin. You've got your, you've got your st- maroon shirt on. Well, sort of. It's more pink. <laughs> um, so, this, I mean, this is obviously a key driver is people staying at home and ordering pizza. Uh, yeah. We've got the Rugby World Cup coming up. So that may be a reason to stay at home and do that. The, the problem they've had is in Europe. It really has been a bit dysfunctional in Europe. And we've also had inflation. And the company did read the market a bit wrong. They tried to change the price point. They tried to move up market, add more value to mm-hmm. people, but increase prices, take into account inflation. And they lost people along the way. They didn't really sell it uh, very well. Uh, and as a as a result, the company share price has fallen. The sales have fallen. They've struggled. Um, I don't, you know, they now talk about how they're going to realign and sort of get back to basics, but all these vouchers, etc. I, I think this, for me, is still a hold. Right. I think there's still food inflation out there, not just food inflation, but service inflation, and the fact that you've got to get young guys and girls to deliver the pizza, etc. Yep. So um, I think this one falls at the moment just in the too hard basket, but maybe. You know, state of origin, rugby world cup, all these sort of things yeah, will yeah. will boost a bit of uh, pizza buying. But there's a lot of competition out there in pizza okay. land for, right. for good pizza rather, uh, rather than so dominoes. still too expensive for you. Yeah, I just to buy. I agree yeah. with Andrew. Okay, all right. Uh, next stock, uh, Gabriel wants a view. Uh, Henry on Brambles, the big uh, uh, physical, whereas Wise Tech is a uh, um, a technology based. Um, logistics group Brambles is your old-fashioned chip pallet. Yeah, it is old school, isn't it? Yep. It is. Very, it's not a stock that we look at much, or I don't think anybody really looks at much. I had a big tick up back uh, earlier this year when it kind of surprised the market. So it's got a few things going in its favour, apart from the fact the global economy, although it is slowing in the US where it's got a big, big presence, uh, is not slowing as much as some had predicted, which is good. Lumber prices as well coming down because it makes timber pallets. Pallets, It was looking at going to plastic with Walmart. Uh, They pulled that. Um, And, you know, this is a pretty solid well-run company about that five-year high of a stock price yeah well it's it's kind of defensive isn't it yeah, right. uh to some extent uh, moving stuff around so it hasn't done badly i'd be a hold here right. i don't think there's any reason to be uh, to be buying it up here but if you've got it i think it's a hold it is obviously geared to the economic cycle yep. to some extent but with lumber prices coming down it's got some fx tailwinds as well the aussie dollar mm. being cheap um, it has been re-rated, but it's not massively exciting. It is kind of timber pallets. I mean, how 
<laughs> Here we are in a week that we're obsessed with AI and NVIDIA, yeah. Yeah. and we're talking about a company that has timber pallets that they yeah. bang together with nails, yeah. and they stick around the place. Um, and yeah. There's a lot of them, obviously, but um, you know, it's chalk and cheese in terms yeah, of technology. Exactly right. Yeah, one of the great things for uni yep. students is not to have a, uh, a coffee table made out of a chip pallet that you pinch yeah. out the back of a shop. Um, Andrew, what do you think of uh, brambles? Speaking of timber, uh, I was reading earlier that uh, rebuilding of Notre Dame, the carpenters are having to relearn 900-year-old techniques mm. to make sure that uh, it all is authentic. And uh, they're under the pump relating to the Paris Olympics 2024. Oh. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, is there an instruction manual for the, you know, did someone put out some YouTube videos yeah. on how to build a cathedral 900 years ago? Yeah. Why have they got on? Here involved. <laughs> it's uh, it's all part of my ASMR series, uh, which we'll uh, plug at the end of. You could, uh, you could make it out of Lego, couldn't you? <laughs> now, now you're onto something. Now, I don't think Koshi's onto my Lego obsession, is he? Anyway, no. we've lost control of the show. We need to bring it back. Um, brambles. I uh, I don't mind brambles, but I share my learned friend's concern that it's uh, it's run pretty hard. I might also add that Henry is being very. Um, how can I put it? He really pushed this hard at the beginning of the year and he has, has absolutely nailed it. As we've seen, it's at a five-year high, so hats off to you, my friend. You've done really well with that. But on a P of 17 and forecast <coughs> earnings per share growth of only 9%, it's uh, it's fully valued, so I'd like to see it pull back a bit. But if you're there, enjoy the ride. Yep. It's going well, but uh, it's hard to justify yeah. a buy at the moment. Okay. All right, uh, Richie wants to view Andrew on Platinum, the big funds management group that was started by Ken Nielsen, who's not so much involved anymore. Um, Platinum in that whole sector, we've had the falling knife of Magellan, we've had lots of them uh, fall by the sword this, this last year, haven't we? Yeah, and obviously being the whisperer, can't believe I'm saying that, but obviously being the whisperer, uh, you know, I've got more of a passive bent. I certainly have a bit of an active um, skew, but certainly believing more that markets do what markets do, whereas, of course, Platinum, Magellan, uh, Perpetual, etc., have a different view of the world. And there are particular pockets of time where they'll be absolutely spot on, and now's one relating to that volatility piece. But generally speaking, it's hard work for fund managers. They're under pressure relating to fees, and as we can see there, the performance hasn't been too flash. You're being asked to pay 13 times earnings for an EPS growth of minus 4%. The return on equity is falling. And in fact, over the last five years, down 17% per annum. Over the same period of time, the ASX up 8% per annum. They do have a value bias. So in other words, if the world is going to custard and people want value companies, and we've spoken about a couple of those just before, APA is an example, then they may do okay, but I just think fund managers, it's getting harder and harder. You're going to see more and more consolidation. Um, I'm certainly not interested. I don't think it's a sell, but it's barely a hold. Okay. So you are just not into the sector at all as a group? There's, there's not one fund manager doing well? 
Oh, I like, so again, if we're talking, if we sort of expand our universe a little bit and talk LICs or LITs, I and Henry, I'm sure, would agree. In fact, Henry put me onto it, so I'm sure he agrees. The group uh, L1 Capital, LSF, All right. uh, they're doing really good work. Uh, I'm, I'm quite a fan of uh, WAM Capital's WLE as well, but again, not in the sense of the question that was asked. The question that was asked is around listed fund managers. And I just think it's harder and harder. The one time I would rec- uh, recant what I've just said is that if equity markets are booming, uh, they will make yeah. more money because they're going to make more money on fees and deal flow and so forth. But in markets going sideways or under pressure, fund no. managers not really yeah. the place to be. Yeah. You agree, Henry? Uh, no. No? No. I actually uh, own this in, uh, in our small cap portfolio. Yeah. I only bought it recently. Uh, the reason- uh, I was going to say, when did you buy it? Because uh, it's had a, a massive ago. fall from growth. Uh, a couple so of months ago. You bought it around I think, I think it was $1.83, but they paid a dividend since then, so right. they're not far off that. Uh, the, the reason I like it is that there's a certain amount of catch-up football being played here. Yeah. The problem with Magellan was their funds were underperforming, yep. and the money was leaving because of that. Platinum has got a, a not a not a similar problem at all because their funds are actually performing but they've had to pay their managers who have been managing the business bonuses on the back of that performance. So until they get out there and market this performance, you're not gonna see the funds come in and then there will be a trickle perhaps. Now the attraction for me was that fact that they can get out there and market the funds because the performance has been pretty good. The other attraction is, as Andrew says, fund management businesses now, it's it's a hard game. You're fighting against, you know, ETFs around the world. Um, and Platinum were really good to begin with because they were the only way you could buy Asian shares or international shares. And Kerr Nielsen became a billionaire on the back of that. And then, of course, when everyone else joined the game, that novelty wore off, their uniqueness wore off. And that's obviously why the share price is where it is. But there is consolidation, should be consolidation in the sector. We saw it with Pendle and Perpetual. And, I th- and we've got uh, Regal with Phil King uh, on the register of Platinum. I think at some stage... Mm. there will be another round of consolidation. And okay. this, this one could be, because it's got good performance, good team, good culture. Uh, Kern Nielsen's got, I think, 22% yep. still, and he's not a happy Vegemite yep. because his shares are going down. So it wouldn't take a, a, too many phone calls, I guess, from Phil to say, hey, Kerr, what price? Yep. Yep. I want your 22% stake, and then we're going to launch a takeover bid sure. or whatever. So that, that's the attraction for me. Okay. All right. So you have it as a buy. Well, I've got it as a at these levels. Yes. Right. Okay. Interesting. All right. Uh, Whispera, uh, getting to the first ETF ah. of the day. <laughs> Beta shares global sustainability leaders ETF. Uh, Claire wants a view on that. Obviously, sustainability, global sustainability. It's a good thematic at the moment. Uh, it is Koshi, uh, but I might also note, and I'm not casting aspersions on anybody here, but I might also note that ASIC, uh, the regulator, is taking quite a keen interest in people sort of uh, covering themselves in the green cloak. And uh, in fact, uh, the term greenwashing, you know, whereby they're taking a very close look as to are they what they're saying on the tin is actually what they do. Again, I have no concerns about this particular one, but it's just something the market, uh, the regulator rather is very focused on at the moment. Uh, this has got about $2.5 billion funds under management, so it's certainly doing pretty well. And they sort of mark.
market themselves as climate leaders, no fossil fuels, responsible investments, all that sort of stuff. Also important to note, Koshi, this is unhedged. So in other words, you've got to take a bit of a view as to where the dollar is going. Uh, if you don't want to worry about that, you'd buy the hedged version, H-E-T-H. Um, it's doing really well at the moment because it's full of NVIDIA. In fact, its biggest holding is NVIDIA at about 5%. It's got Apple, it's got Visa, it's got... <laughs> Dude, that's handy. That is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that is really handy. <laughs> but it's ethical. Very handy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, before the last two weeks, it was probably 1% of the portfolio. Now it's 5 <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's got IT, it's got healthcare, it's got financials. It's up 16% per annum over the last five years. Uh, it's part of our model. You know, we've got 14 ETFs. This is one of them. So okay. we quite like okay. it. It's a buy. All right. Henry? <laughs> well, I, I've got to say, when you look at the, the, the top shareholders, this company, this ETF's got NVIDIA, Apple, Visa, MasterCard, Home Depot, Toyota, um, ASML. I mean... <laughs> Toyota? Uh, Toyota. Well, I guess they've got hybrids. Oh, they've got hybrids, yes. Yeah, I mean, semi-ESG. Semi uh, I guess, you know, they've obviously done their research into what makes an ethical company. Yeah. But I'm not sure NVIDIA would be top of my list for the mo you know, for an ethical sustainability yeah. or sustainable company. But it's got it. It's got lots of it, which is why it's performing. It's got lots of Apple, and it's got lots of Visa and MasterCard. So, right. you know, what can possibly go wrong? NVIDIA at the moment... Um, I watched the one hour 17 keynote address from the CEO at the GTC. Um, it's like a nerdy conference oh. about AI. Were you excited? Uh, I was completely and utterly lost in terms of the technology for the first, well, for the, there was a middle section, a middle 20 minutes, no idea. Right. But then the first bit I understood, and the last bit when they showed you what this chip can do what's coming, what's happening now, was absolutely incredible. Ah. And I, I've been urging all the members of Marcus today to, to, to watch, watch it. watch that. Oh, okay. Just get through the jargon, and I'm sure some yeah. people will understand it more than I do. But just the whole what could be and what is happening in the sector, mm. and what a massive, massive gap between NVIDIA and anybody else. Right. So, you know, there's some price targets, 28% above where NVIDIA are now, and they've had a massive, massive run already. So, oh, yeah. you know, on the basis of it's... So you get that on YouTube or... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty easy. Just, yeah, just, yep. yeah, just whack it up. It's, yep. It was the key. I don't know what GTC is, but right. it's obviously some tech conference, yep. and it was, it's very impressive. And I'm oh, sure yeah. everyone that watched it immediately went out and bought NVIDIA shares. Oh, that's interesting. So, um, you know, this is one way to play it. Lots of ETFs that are involved in technology have NVIDIA and Apple and that sort of stuff. So they've all done, in the words of Mr. Grace, you've all done very well. Yeah, all right, exactly. That's the only thing that's driving the yeah. S&P 500. So would you buy this ETF? Well, I think so on the back. Right, yeah. <laughs> no, I watched the um, video, loved it. In interesting thing with sustainability, though. Um, apparently, data centres put out more carbon emissions than the entire global airline industry. Yeah, you see, this is what puzzles me. I'm not an expert, so yeah. please take this with um, your own expertise built in. Everyone was buying data centers, Next DC on the back of this. Now, when you watch the NVIDIA thing, um, you get the feeling that all the data centers are going to have to upgrade their servers right. to be able to cope with all this amazingness that's coming yeah. down the pipe yeah. from AI. 
Huh. Now, NextDC build data centers put servers in there. Yeah. I don't know whether they've got the NVIDIA chip or whether they're going to have to upgrade, how much that upgrade is going to cost. Right. But, you know, if, if you're in the AI cool space and you're working with AWS or, or NextDC or et cetera, you might have to buy hmm. the latest gizmo for your server. Okay. And it might be expensive to, to satisfy that demand. All right, interesting. All right, let's uh, recap the first five stocks that we've gone through our stock of the day. Uh, Paladin, a, uh, uh, a buy from both Henry and Andrew, although um, Andrew points out uh, there's a good ETF, URNM, if you want to get into uh, um, that uranium space and you believe the thematic there has a bit of boss as well as Paladin. In it and, and all the other major producers around the world. Uh, APA, a hold from both Domino's, a hold from both Brambles, a hold from both Platinum, a hold from Andrew, a buy from Henry, and both see Beta Global Sustainability ETF as a buy as well. Here on the call, we've been tracking our own high conviction uh, fantasy fund as picked by the investment committee. You can see uh, the May meeting on the platform at the moment, ausbiz.com, the June meeting coming up in the next couple of days on the platform. Uh, in May, uh, the committee trimmed a percent from Macquarie, uh, West Farmers and Elders, added that percent to WiseTech, MA Financial and Cash and replaced Austell with Kelsey and Group. Um, since inception, the fund is up over 9%. Uh, this half hour on the call, uh, we kick it off with another ETF, the BetaShares Global Cybersecurity. ETF, another um, strong thematic there as well. Red5, Neurizer, and Latin, Resor uh, Latin Resources and Illumina. Uh, all right, uh, Andrew, Peter wants to be on the BetaShares Global Cybersecurity ETF. Cybersecurity, lots of money will be going into that uh, because of all, all the hacks. How's it done and how do you see it going? Yeah, I really like it. And I think it's the third biggest, fourth biggest holding in the famous Saran Superfund, my right. Superfund. Yeah. Um, and the reason being... Well, look at that not... last couple of weeks. There you go. AI. <laughs> it's a you big jump. I need that horse emoji. What's the horse emoji? We need that one sort of just across <laughs> the bottom. Giddy up, mate. Uh, I love the horse emoji. Um, as opposed to horse racing, not a huge horse racing person. Anyway, um, yeah, look, I uh, I quite like this for all the obvious reasons. I mean, I look at my business, we've doubled cyber spending over the last 12 months. Uh, three years ago, my insurance broker came to me and said, look, you know, I've got a KPI to meet. Um, can you help take this insurance cover from me? Sure. Uh, this year, he's going, basically, I've knocked back to about three quarters of the people wanting it. Uh, and the application was about 20 pages long. Uh, mm. Cyber security is absolutely a thing, without being Captain Obvious. I serve on a couple of boards and it has now become a standalone specific agenda item on our board papers. Uh, it is really important. It is defensive. Uh, there's going to be big spending in there because it's almost defence-like spending. It is uh, lots to like about it. It is a buy. Okay. Uh, I love the uh, stock code too, hack. Uh, good. Sums it up. What do you reckon? Does sum it up, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> you know, all these are big US companies, let's yeah. face it. Um, and cybersecurity, as Andrew says, is absolutely paramount. It's only going to get even more important. When we start talking about AI, 
deep fakes and the ability to manipulate images and data, etc. It's just going to get more and more important. These guys, I mean, we've got a few cyber stocks, cybersecurity stocks in our market here, but they don't tend to have the ability to sort of roll out products that just the money just drops through the bottom line. They're kind of more bespoke um, kind of solutions, which probably use some of these companies here's products uh, to to create a cybersecurity solution. So yes, to hack, um, I'm with Andrew on this one. It's just just too big to ignore. It's too big a risk. You've seen what it happened with Medibank Public, uh, et cetera. And it seems an ETF is a better way to go here, is it, than try and cherry pick specific, as you were saying, specific cybersecurity. You know, I I think it's, it's good to have in, in some cases, a theme, a, a, you know, a spread, yeah. um, because otherwise you're going to be doing deep dives into U.S. technology stocks. You could yeah. just go down a rabbit hole or you could just take the easy solution and get on with your life and yeah. go, hack is the one for me. It's got all the big guys. It's got all the bases covered. It's got that diversity. Um, there's nothing yeah. wrong with this. This is, this is a buy. Yeah. Andrew, do you agree with that? Is it mainly the overseas big companies that, that's in the portfolio? Yeah, so you've got U.S., as Henry rightly points out, it's strong in the U.S., but it's also important to note it's got Israel. Israel's really strong in cybersecurity, and it's also got India as well. So you are getting some geographic exposure, but, you know, you've got the likes of Broadcom, Palo Alto, those types of companies which are U.S.-based. And But with due respect to Australia, you know, there are some areas that we've absolutely nailed it. CSL obviously immediately comes to mind, but it would appear at this stage that cybersecurity is probably not our strong point. Yeah. And so do I try and find yeah. which particular one in Europe or the US or whatever, or do I just simply say I'll buy an Australian yeah. domicile one, they can handle all that, they follow an index, it regularly is reweighted, but I still get exposure to this counter-cyclical high-growth thematic, hence the fourth biggest holding in Sarand. Yep. Okay. All right, um, Henry Frieda wants a view on Red Five, the gold production and uh, mining uh, group, Dalot Gold Mine near Perth, King of the Hills Gold Project. Uh, yeah, hi Frieda. Uh, this is one that I recently added to the small cap portfolio, oh, wow. and I do regret it to some extent because it hasn't gone anywhere or done it as much as I thought. They had some good production numbers came out. King of the Hills coming on, it yeah. was their big sort of project. Um, but what has been fascinating and somewhat disappointing, we have a gold price not far away from its all-time highs. Mm. You know, in Australian dollars. In Australian dollars and even in US dollars. Yep. And the gold stocks have been absolutely mahullered. Why? This is the question. I'm not sure why. I mean, things like De Grey, uh, there's obviously St. Barbara and that whole northern, uh, yeah. the whole um, Gualia thing happening at the moment with Leonora Assets, with that Silver Lake and Genesis. But the whole sector has been under immense pressure. It's almost as if nobody expects the bullion price to stay where it is. Hmm. Uh, it's almost we're anticipating the fact that bullion price is going to fall considerably. Um, going forward, so I'm I'm not sure why. I'm mean, this 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 is doing all the right things. They must be about to pay huge dividends, though. They uh, must be well, making a mozza. Yeah, they should be making a mozza. Exactly. The gold miners are not usually the best in paying dividends, right? Um, which is possibly one of the reasons. You would think okay. they're defensive. They've got extreme leverage to the gold price. You know, gold is nearly three thousand bucks Aussie. Yeah. Uh, it's not far away from you know two thousand bucks in in US dollar term. Yep. So. It's um, it's pretty good out there. Gold miners should be pretty happy, and yet 
they are languishing. I don't know why. It's just a sector that is obviously anticipating. And you see, maybe it's looking at all the other commodities <coughs> that we're seeing. China is falling in a heap. Yep. Um, you know, you've got copper down. You've got all these other commodities down. Maybe everyone's just going, you know what? We don't believe bullion is where it is. And we're going to sell the gold miners because when bullion collapses, it will be too late to sell the gold miners. Mm. Probably when bullion collapses, we'll be buying gold miners. Right. Okay. For the bounce. So it's a hold. Hold. Okay. Uh, Andrew. Kosh, uh, you've got my list too. Oh. <laughs> so checked it twice. We have time. We might we go through that list, but not now. Uh, look, I think it's a hold as well. That cap raising that they've recently done, um, Red Five, is obviously weighing on the share price. Uh, they've got a fairly high debt burden that, you know, they use some of the cap raising to pay down, but there's still $149 million that they're chipping away on that front, down 62% for the year uh, from a performance point of view. Um, and I guess the other thing, though, is that they're achieving costs, uh, achieving sales rather about $2,500 an ounce, which is great, but noting that the price, I think, is about 2900 at the moment. So... Yeah, look, on not balance, big I think they margin. need to pay up a bit more. Yeah, the margin compared to other miners, I'm probably not enamoured. And certainly the big amber flashing light for me, albeit it's good, that they're paying down debt. Whenever there's a cap raising, there's always intergestion in the stock afterwards. So it's a hold. Right, okay. Um, Paris wants to view um, Henry on Neuriser. Um, oil and gas, and got a thing called the League Creek Energy Project, which will make it carbon neutral, <laughs> Yeah. the gas. And yeah. um, I, I was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was talking to the boss of Santos in Adelaide a couple of weeks ago, say there is a carbon-free gas that he can produce, um, but it's three, four times more expensive than the conventional yep. gas, but that's, that's the, problem. the technology is there. The te- well, the technology is there for lots of things. Let's face yeah. it, it's just a question of how much it costs. Yeah. You know, you, you could put a man on yeah. Mars if you had the, if you really wanted to spend the money. And we had that report overnight that natural gas prices globally have fallen through the floor. Some expecting them to go negative, like the yep. oil price yep. did at the you know uh, <laughs> during COVID. They have absolutely crashed, and then we get um, the regulator telling us oh, that our energy prices are going through the roof because energy prices are going yep. through the roof. Now, the oil price is under $70 a barrel for West Texas. Gas prices have collapsed, and our electricity prices are going through the roof. Do you know why? I do. Why? The cables and the power and the yeah, infrastructure. The generation of yeah. it. And the more people Make, that go to... It makes up 60% yep. of this price rise. And the more people that go to solar, the higher everyone else's prices are going to be. If there's only right. one guy left in Australia that pays for electricity uh, in the old way, I didn't realize how much is he going to have to pay for his power right. when everyone else has got solar? Right. Okay. <laughs> so everyone's going solar, but the mugs that don't, the mugs that have don't, to pay for the infrastructure. And I'm one of the mugs that don't. Yep. I haven't as yet, but I've toyed with it. Um, but yes, we're paying for the infrastructure wow. with a dwindling number of people that are actually taking the electricity out of the grid, uh, out of the grid and actually putting stuff no. back into the grid okay. so if we end up with 10 people in australia that haven't got solar they are going to be paying a lot of money yep. you don't want to be one of those 10. no definitely not get on board um, back to new riser formerly called lee creek yep 
Um, it's uh, in South Australia. It's basically a big urea fertilizer project, trying to use um, you know carbon neutral, zero carbon, etc. Yep. Um, it's it's been on the slide for a long time. They did a private placement at seven cents. They're five and a bit. They're going to need a lot of cash. Right. It's really too hard. Yeah, too hard basket for me. I've played with this before, and they had good news early on. Um, then they changed their name, um, and they mm. just really lost me. You know, they went from sort of 20 cents to 14 to now they're five. Yep. So, no. Andrew, Uriza? Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of in the too hard basket as well. Um, small, uh, $67,000 a day traded. Right. So uh, pretty pretty thin to the ground. And uh, again, little amber flashing light, a $1.4 million placement at seven or eight cents. I mean, if you're going to go down that path, you know, go big, go hard, go early, 1.4 million, I'm not quite sure, cuts it. Uh, and the share price languishing at five cents. So right. I, uh, I note they're down 71% for the year and 21% per annum over five yeah. years. So I can think of lots of reasons not to be there. Uh, are you in oil and gas at all? Or are you running a mile from it, given what we were discussing <laughs> with collapse of gas prices, oil price week? I think it's, a, well, there's, there's two ways to take that question. In the context of the broader, so say Europe as an example, I note that European natural gas is at 15, 16 year lows today. Yeah. So that's actually potentially supportive for Europe, never mind the geopolitical stuff. So I guess what I'm saying is positive for European equities. Um, in the context of sort of the thematic overall, I don't mind fuel, F-U-E-L as an ETF, because there's a lot of these oil and gas providers albeit the price is under a little bit of pressure, that are under immense pressure not to be going out and doing any more uh, exploration or CapEx. So they're just putting out huge dividends. So uh, as a thematic, I don't mind it, but you really need to take a view of whether you think the world's going to enter into recession and if so, how deep it's going to be. I think it might be, if they do, it'll be a shallow one. So I don't mind mm. fuel. And then domestically, I don't mind beach, BPT. Mm. And Henry, are you in any of this area I see, see the coal, coal prices have fallen through the coal floor prices as well. through the floor. Um, Caroon's the only one that interests me beach um, is, is no serial disappointer no. Um, as far as I'm concerned if I was Kerry Stokes I'd be pretty upset with how this one's gone it has lost the market trust it had reserve downgrades etc Caroon for me is the only one in that sort of small cap right. And there's not a lot of choice in Australia. No. There's a few emerging what ones. What about Sandhouses and Woodside? There's, there's Sandhouses and there's Woodside and then there's Daylight, really, apart yeah. from Beach. Um, Karoon is my pick, right. uh, Brazilian um, producer. Right. But still happy to go into that era? Uh, only, I, you, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the specky, there's, there's just Daylight between the big ones and the specky yeah. ones. Yeah. Um, there's a few interesting ones. Uh, uh, there's one uh, that's doing some drilling in Cuba. There's, you know, there, there's a few interesting ones out there. But uh, Karoon for me is kind of that mid-tier producer with good assets, uh, good balance sheet, good okay. management. All right. Um, Callum, Henry wants a view on Latin Resources. Um, operates in uh, here, Peru, Argentina, Brazil, some lithium projects. Yes, Callum, I like this one, Latin Resources. Oh. Uh, it does what it says on the box in terms of yep. Latin. Uh, it's in, the, the big focus is Brazil with yep. a project called Salinas, uh, which it has. Uh, and the big draw card 
is that wonderful thing in mining called neurology to some extent <laughs> there there is a big project not a million miles away but not that close called sigma um, which had 13 million tons of uh, of lithium and it upgraded and upgraded and upgraded and got to 100 million plus tons wow. over three or four years and the share price has gone from you now tens of millions to billions right so this is the big draw card with latin resources they have a similar size 13.1 million tons of uh, of lithium uh, and they are come a resource upgrade in june i saw them present at a resource conference recently very softly spoken cfo very confident very interesting um, i bought them at 13 cents uh, on the back of that for the small cap portfolio they're up to 18 cents uh, they are come a resource upgrade hopefully that you can you can just see the pathway right you can look at sigma and go well it went from 13 to 100 and the share price went that yeah. way um, and you can see with latin if it goes from 13 to 26 to 50 to 100 you can see over the next three right. to four years that progression will be not dissimilar in theory so is, uh, do you look at that do you look at regions and say hey there's this stock that uh, just keeps upgrading upgrade and the geology means this smaller stock here has a, a better chance of going exactly the same path. Is it the, yeah. the geology, the seams that are the, involved? Um, to, to some extent, but neurology, you can come a real cropper because just because the guy's got some gold here doesn't mean the guy's going to get no. gold next door. So you want to be looking in, in elephant country and that part of Brazil for lithium is elephant country. Mm. So, you know, you, you know it's there. And lithium is, is everywhere. Yeah. It's just a question of whether it's economic to, to dig it up and, right. and process it. So, you know, you are in the right spot. In that part of Brazil, you are in the right spot mm. at the right time. Okay. Uh, good quality management All as right. well. I was pretty impressed with these guys. Right. I think this has got a lot more run. And you only got to look at something like Leo Lithium in yep. Mali, which is just jung, 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 jung. Yep. And they've got funding, they've got Chinese backing, Gung Fang. Um, you know, it's mm. just, it's okay. not all lithium stocks are born equal at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we all think they are. No, we all do, <laughs> yes. Uh, Callum, looks as though he could be on a winner as far as Henry uh, believes. Andrew, what do you think of Latin Resources? I, I think Henry talked me into it. Um, I, uh, I, think it, I think it looks all right. Um, and the other thing, of course, is its close proximity to all those giga battery gigafactories uh, in the US, which is obviously a big thing as well. So uh, it's certainly not a you know blue chip lay down Mazair buy, but certainly as a spec buy, I think it uh, might be worth a, a little tickle, little little tickle. A tickle. A okay, tickle. rather than a nibble, we'll call it a tickle to a see tickle. if we get excited. I know. Well, I can get excited on that. <laughs> But the lithium price is crashing at the moment, isn't it? Well, it, it, you see, the problem with lithium price, there's so many different products, different grades. There's so many different offtake agreements based on different prices and different grades and all sorts oh. of things. It's not the most transparent market. The, the, the market okay. has crashed from massively ridiculous highs, but it also has bounced as well. Uh, and we are seeing that pick up in EVs. Even the other day when um, Ford signed up with Tesla, as far as their charging stations go. I mean, that, I, I was reading this one, it's like VHS Betamax battle going on uh, on the charging sort of right. stations, whether you use this kind or this kind. Tesla has its own kind. Ford saying, you know what? These are the best. We're going to go We're with gonna that. We're going to back you. That huh? will propel the US further down the EV track because right. at the moment they're charging 
system is pretty chaotic. Yeah. Now you've got one company doing this, one company doing that. It's not easy. Uh, whereas if Ford say that's mm. the standard, then you know, Betamax was better, but yeah. we all went with VHS. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's helping in the US. China obviously not coming out as well as we thought. But um, you know, EVs. This is a decade-long story. This mm. is you know, this this is like AI. Yeah. Between AI, EVs, you know, autonomous yep. vehicles. This whole the whole thing's changing. This whole thing's Remarkably. changing so quickly. Yep. Uh, Andrew Frank wants a view on our final stock on Illumina. Has a forty percent stake in the world's largest alumina bauxite producer, Alcoa. Um, uh, Frank says aluminium. Uh, is widely used in green energy and Russia, Russian aluminium is sanctioned by America. Is this a good opportunity for alumina? Uh, so I guess my first question uh, to answer Frank's question is why is it still listed in Australia? Like surely Alcoa is sort of just going, this is all too hard. We've got compliance costs and continuous disclosure and all that sort of stuff. Whilst the share price is under a little bit of pressure, why wouldn't we just take it off the uh, mm-hmm. take it off the bores? So certainly, you know, I think Henry's got a takeover basket, you know, companies that are actually under takeover. It'd be interesting, Henry, if you actually, without trying to give you another job, where you actually identified ones that are highly likely to get taken out. I would have thought Illumina would have been near the top of that list. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, to Frank's question, I guess the key thing is that we're seeing that uh, margins are under pressure with, uh, with Illumina. Uh, and we're also seeing production falling as well, which is why the market's not super happy with it. I note that short interest is rising. So in other words, people are uh, sort of lending shares and shares are being sold in anticipation that the share price could actually fall. On the counter to that, though, I note the CEO's upped, upped his um, stake by 20% over the last 12 months. So they're yeah. obviously feeling a bit more confident yeah. that things are going to be okay. Uh, look, on balance, I'm probably a hold, but it's only because, I, you know, again, almost to your comment around what's going on with gas at the moment, commodities are under a little bit of pressure. But if I was feeling brave and adventurous, it might be one for that, uh, as I said, thematic portfolio where you think it could potentially either turn itself around or get taken over. So yeah. it's a hold. Okay. Uh, Henry, it's almost like a aluminium to terror, is it? I was going to say that. Is it just not only is it almost like a derivative of Alcoa, which it effectively yeah. is, but it also has a bunch of guys on the board that get paid an awful lot of money. <laughs> oh, Henry! We've discussed this before, yep. get paid an awful lot of money to basically sign the dividend check because of the flow through from their 40% ownership. Right. Yep. They get paid a fortune. They make no decisions, really, apart from... There we go. Wow. We'll sign that one. Um, it is very much a, 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 a sort of a, <laughs> aluminium deterra uh, in terms of it's not so much royalties, but it's a, it's a cut of the profits uh, from that 40% holding. Yeah. Uh, in the past, it has been a, a nice dividend paying stock and I guess a, a slightly defensive way of playing the aluminium market. And there's not too many other ways of playing it, to be honest. Right. Um, it doesn't really float my boat probably a hold here only because it's fallen from a dollar 60 to a dollar 40 but um, I, it's hard to get excited about you know bauxite production was down and costs are up a little bit um, it is a derivative and they don't they're not really in charge of their own destiny it's no. Alcoa you know you're getting 40 percent of Alcoa you know, really yeah. um, so not for me no okay all right so but basically a hold all right let's uh, recap the uh, the final five stocks the uh, 
BetaShares Cyber Security ETF, and that is a buy from both Henry and Andrew. Uh, Red5 is a hold. Uh, Neuriza is a no from both. Um, Latin Resources, speculative buy from both. Quite um, like the, the story there. And Illumina is a hold. And if you know any of the directors on Illumina, hit them up for lunch. Uh, because I've got a great job. Uh, <laughs> Andrew Island from DP Advisory. Um, DP, not Advisory. Uh, Wealth Advisory, great to see you, mate. Thank you kindly. Uh, great day. Oh, the usual. list. Uh, list. Oh, the list. Okay. Yep. The list. Yep. What's on no, your list? It's okay. a huge list. Anyway, very quickly. So what we've done, uh, uh, Michael here in the office, whilst uh, listening to what we've been talking about, worst performance on the ASX 200, dogs of the Dow theory. Yep. So uh, Star, down 58%. Elders, sorry, Henry, down 48%. Don't apologise. Link, down 48%. Brainchip, down 43%. Magellan, down 39 And Domino's, down 29 Okay. So if you, dogs of the you just basically buy the ones that have been beaten up the most right. on expectation they'll turn themselves around in 12 months' time. So okay. something to think about. All right. So can, can you get your uh, trusty assistant to uh, email that to me and we'll put it up on the platform for people? How's that? Beauty. Will do. Thanks, Crossy. All right, mate. Uh, Henry Jennings from Marcus Day. Good to see you. Go the Blues. Uh, yes. Big game in Big game. Ad, in Adelaide today. Everyone will be loving Adelaide and Adelaide <laughs> Oval tonight, as long as they don't bugger up the surface for Sunday. All right, that's it from me. Uh, if you've got any stocks you'd like me to put to our expert panel, go to osbiz.co slash callpicks or tweet us using the at TV. More of Osbiz after this. More of the call. Same time tomorrow. See you then. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.